Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. When I became 30, uh, something interesting happened. I started losing things all the time. Very, that was my wife that gave me that, huh? Could you guys hear that on this side of the room? Way to shout me out there, babe. I started losing things. I'm not really anticipating 40 because I feel like not only do I lose things, I also lose a few brain cells every year. Did any, is anybody with me out there? Maybe you turn, you know, 30, 40, 50, just whatever. At some age, you just feel like, you know what? My mind just isn't what it used to be. Things that I used to remember really easily, like I have to work a little harder on recalling them. But, um, you know, my mind is, is sharp, but I do lose things all the time. Um, keys, especially. I am a common car key repeat offender on losing it. In fact, a couple years ago for Christmas, Kelsey in the back row there, uh, she served on our team in Fredericksburg. She bought me one of those tiles. Anybody ever seen the little tiles? It's a little square thing that goes on your keys, and if you lose them, uh, you, can, you can hit the button. They'll start you know, chirping from your phone or whatever, and then you just have to walk around looking for the chirp. They also have GPS tracker. I mean, they're, they're really cool. I will say this about the tiles, and I hope none of you guys are like a tile exec in here and you're offended by this, but if you have a tile on your phone, um, you will set off the security alarm at every single store in the mall, and suddenly you go from, you know, just being somebody that loses their car keys, trying to take care of yourself, to now you are a shoplifter no matter where you go. I walked in the other day, seriously, I was out at the outlet mall, and I was like, why does every single store that I go into, as soon as I, I have nothing in my hands, and they like swarm me, because as soon as I walk out the door, I activate the system. And there are some stores in there, they have Bose surround sound on their system. I mean, they go off. And have you been there? Immediately, everybody looks, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. You've been there, right? They don't give you the benefit of the doubt. Everybody around assumes that you stole something. They're looking around, well, it wasn't me. It must have been him. Look at him. I mean, he looks, he looks like a thief. I mean, look at that guy right there. And so that's where I was with this tile. But I lose things all the time. In fact, in Virginia, a couple years ago, I kept losing my backpack. And security would actually have to pull up security footage on the church uh, cameras to begin to trace back my steps. I mean, I would take up their time and their effort. They weren't looking for criminals. They weren't looking for bad guys. They weren't checking out, you know, all this security thing that people do in a church. They were looking for my stuff because I would drop it and then forget where I put it. And so maybe you're there. Maybe you're like me. Is there anybody out here you just feel like you lose things every once in a while? Come on, just be brave. Lift them up a little higher. We're starting a small group. It's a support group, really, this semester. You guys are all in it because I'm tired of people thinking, no, I'm just joking. But we lose things, right? Some of you guys, maybe it's, you know, losing a key or, you know, whatever, but you know what I've learned about losing things? It's funny to laugh about losing a set of car keys or maybe losing a backpack or misplacing you know, you know, one of your son's favorite toys or whatever. But something happens when you lose something that's a little more valuable. And not just something that's, like, uh, uh, something that's of earthly value, but, but something that maybe is of spiritual value. See, there's moments in our life where maybe we didn't lose something physically, but we did lose something internally. Moments in your life where at one point you had a lot of joy in your life, right? 
You woke up every day and the first thing on the top of your, you know, the tip of your tongue was, this is the day the Lord has made, right? I will rejoice, I'll be glad in it. You know, you walk outside, every day is sunny, even if it's rainy. I mean, the birds are chirping, they are singing your song and you are feeling good. Michael Buble, I didn't nail it, did I? But right, you had some joy there was, there was this deep thing inside of you and then, then something happened. And for whatever reason, the, the joy that you once had was now lost or the joy that you once carried into every environment, now you're not quite sure where it is and you kind of walk around just kind of existing. You're kind of half-baked. You're like, I, I mean, I, I got this, I don't got it. I mean, you know, I, I just don't know if I'm very happy today. Maybe for you it's peace. You used to have peace when you walked into your job. You used to have peace when you walked into tough situations. And now when something tough comes on you, you kind of freak out a little bit. I mean, immediately you go from zero to 60. Like this is gonna be the worst thing that ever happened. The sky is falling. You have this scarcity mentality. It is chicken little all the time. And you just, you lost some peace. Maybe for some of you, it's patience, right? You used to be a patient person and then you had kids. And they have, they have driven your patience away, right? And you would say, you know what? I just don't have the patience that I used to have. Maybe it's forgiveness. It used to be really easy to forgive somebody that hurt you. You'd say things like sticks and stones. They, you know, break my bones, but words, they never hurt me kind of thing. And, and you were really easy to forgive. You were quick to forgive. Somebody could say something that offended you. You're like, hey, it's no big deal. I know you love me. I know I believe the best in you. I'm not gonna let that bother me today. I'm not gonna let that get down you know, get me down today, but now you find yourself just, you know, getting really upset and really angry at the littlest of things. Somebody does you wrong, and you're ready to cut them. You're ready to take them out. You're no longer gonna be friends with them. You have unfollowed them from every device. You block them in your cell phone. You're like, I'm not doing this anymore. It was one little thing. They said something wrong, and they didn't even mean to say it, and now you're like, you know what? I, I just don't have time for that anymore, and at one point, you're a very forgiving person, but now you're you're not there today. And you might be saying, you know what, Sean? I'm good, I haven't lost anything. Life is well. Well, maybe you know somebody around you that they've lost something. And I promise you, if you're not there today, you will be there one day. That there's always moments in our lives where, we, where things that we have that, that honestly can become spiritual in nature or are spiritual in nature, we can, we can lose them. See, for some of us, we've lost our joy. We've lost our patience, we've lost our forgiveness. Maybe for others of us, we've actually just lost our passion for God. You're here today, you're listening, you show up to church, but the things that you once had a passion for, the things that, that woke you up every day, the things that you used to look at situations and you had great faith and when you saw them, you would pray and when you pray, you actually believe that God would do something in your life. You believe that God would prosper you. You believe that God could open doors that no man could open. You believe those things, but life sucked it out of you. See, there are times in my life where here's what I've realized, that we are all prone to lose things in our life that we never meant to lose. See, here's what I know about all of these things. If you're in here today and maybe you say, you know what, I have kind of lost a little joy. I'm not as happy as I used to be. I'm not as chirpy as I used to be. You didn't wake up one morning saying, you know what, I hope to lose all my joy. You didn't look at your kids and say, you know what, you're gonna take all my patience away so I'm done with it right now. I'm just gonna be done with it now, right? 
You didn't intend on being a person that can't forgive. You didn't intend on waking up one day and saying, you know what, I'm never gonna read my Bible again. I'm done with God. No, what happens is life happens. Life happens, we get our head down, we're busy, we're doing life, you know, we're going from one meeting to the next, we're going from one appointment to the next, we're going from one, you know, situation to the next, and then we look up, and we've lost something, and we never intended on losing it, but we, we've lost it. You never intended on losing that passion and zeal for the things of Christ. You never intended on your heart shifting like it shifted, but here you are, and you would say, you know what, I didn't mean to lose it, but you're right. There are some things in my life that I've lost. And I would say you're not alone. We've all been there, but let me shift this to to give you a little hope this morning. God specializes. If you're taking notes, I think you should write this down. God specializes. I mean specializes. If I could spell really well, I would spell that entire thing out. S-P-E-C-I-A-L-I-Z-E-S. He specializes in helping people find. There's a teleprompter right back there specializes in helping people find things that they did not mean to lose. And so if you would say, I'm in here today, and you know what? There is some joy that was once in me that I don't have anymore. God specializes in helping you get it back. If you're in here today and you're like, you know what? At one point, my relationship with God was a lot better than it is right now. God specializes in helping you get it back. I know you didn't mean to lose it. I know it wasn't something that you planned for. I know it was something that you just woke up and said, I hope this happens to me, but here we are today. And so God specializes in helping you get those things back. You can get your edge back. You can get that mojo back. You can get that pep in your step back. This doesn't have to be your lot in life. This doesn't have to be something now you just deal with and you're like, it's just the thorn in my flesh. I'm just not a happy person. I just don't like to forgive. It's just how I have to deal. No, God specializes in helping you get it back. And so here's a question that that I want everybody to to answer today. And it's not out loud. There's no show of hands, but it's it's just for you. And it's really between you and God. And the question is this. Is there anything in your life that you would say, you know what, in this area, I've kind of lost my edge? I've kind of lost the spiritual edge in my life in this area. So I think if we'd be honest with ourselves, there's, there's areas in all of our lives that have just kind of slipped. I mean, I think about my own life and I'd say, you know what, there are times in my life and seasons where it's like, in this season it was easy to have joy, but life happened. And now it's a little harder. In this season it was easy to forgive until a bunch of people did me wrong and then I thought, you know what, I'm just fed up with them. And so there's just moments, and it's not the same for all of us, where we can just struggle, we can lose things. And that's the story that we're reading today. And as I was reading it, I was just thinking about metaphorically what the scripture would have to say for us. And it's really this, and if you look at the text, and it seems like a really odd story, right? I mean, it's a guy that's chopping wood and loses his ax. The story takes place in 8th century BC, and there's two main characters that we see in this story. We see this unnamed prophet student, and then we see Elisha. Now, Elisha was mentored by, anybody know? Elijah. And Elisha is now mentoring this next generation of young prophets, and they're building, they're building a school. I mean, in essence, I think it's like the first college dormitory, because the prophets had outgrown where they had been at. And so they asked for permission to go to the Jordan River. They asked for permission to start building a bigger space for them to meet. And the prophet says, 
okay, I think that's a great idea. I'll even join with you when they ask to join. And so as they were, they were building this, the Bible says that one of them, one of them was cutting down a tree and the iron axe head, it fell into the water. And what did he do? He immediately shouted out, oh no, my Lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. It was borrowed. Remember a minute ago I said that iron was, it was a valuable metal. It was something precious. It was something that in that moment, I don't know how he felt, but I sure he, I'm sure he felt a little hopeless. I'm sure he felt maybe a little frustrated. I'm sure he felt like, how are we ever gonna fix this situation? Um, if you're thinking, you know what, it's the Jordan River. I mean, that's like Jesus water. It's probably the most beautiful emerald water ever. They can see right down to the bottom. It's not. I baptized people in the Jordan. I don't know if I really wanna do it again. I thought I was gonna get a disease in there. I mean, it's some dirty water. It's really dirty. If you're like, I got baptized in the Jordan. I, I, my water was clean. You went to the tourist spot, okay? They opened some floodgates somewhere and let some clean water in. If you go to the, like, the, the legit part of it, it is some muddy, dirty water. And so they, he couldn't see it. And he knew, you know what? There's probably no way we're gonna get this ax head. And so immediately he cries out in frustration. This young man admits, you know what, something that I needed, something that was valuable, the thing that, the edge in my life that was helping me accomplish the thing that I needed to accomplish, I've lost it. And I think if you're in here today and you're like this young man where the thing that you needed in your life to allow you to live the fulfilled life, the full life that God has for you, maybe you've lost, we've gotta learn to do what this young man did. And so if you're taking notes, the first point is this, we, we've got to admit it when we've lost it. So often we can live in denial. So often we can just live in a place where you know what, we just want to kind of push it behind us. We just want to ignore it. Imagine if this guy would have just kept on swinging the hammer, right? Just kept on swinging a stick thinking, well, I don't want anybody else around me to know that I've lost it. I don't want to look like I've lost it. I've got to kind of keep this together. So I'm just going to pretend like I'm still working. And hopefully they don't realize that none of these trees are going down. Hopefully they just see me swinging from behind and they think I'm still good. And sometimes we can do that, right? We can lose something and we wanna take this posture of let me just kinda of keep chipping away at life. Let me just pretend like I have it all together. Let me just make people think that everything's good. We're just gonna ignore this situation. This guy could have just got a cup of sweet tea and I don't know if they had sweet tea then. He could have just got a glass of tea and set to the side or you know some milk and honey or something and set to the side and said, you know what, I've lost it. I'm just gonna give up. See, sometimes when we lose things, we just give up on ourselves. We give up on this thing in our life. He could have just gave up, but he didn't give up. No, he did the first thing that I think you and I all have to do. You just gotta admit you've lost it. I haven't been to AA, but I have heard that if you've ever taken place in, in something like AA, one of the first steps to recovery is admitting that, 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 that something's wrong. You've gotta admit, I'm not okay. I'm not doing well. I am, you know, an alcoholic or this thing does have, you know, a, a vice on my life. You got to admit it when you've lost something. See, I, I think he could have reacted so, you know, in so many ways. He could have reacted, like I said, to just find a shade tree. He could have just, you know, kept swinging away. But, but he admitted. He said, you know what? I, I, I've lost it. He actually yelled out, oh, no. It's borrowed, it wasn't even mine. Can I say those things that, that God put in you, they're important 
They matter. And when we recognize that we've lost it, there needs to be something in us that cries out, oh God, I've lost it. Oh God, I've lost it. You gave me joy. It was one of the things, the fruit of the Spirit. You gave me peace. You gave me patience. You gave me this ability to forgive. But God, I know it's not something in and of myself, but you gave it to me. And somewhere along the way, I didn't mean to lose it. I didn't want to lose it. But God, I've lost it. And so I'm crying out to you. I love what the Bible says in Psalms 50, verse 15. It says, call on me in your day of trouble. Call on me in your day of trouble, and I will deliver you. I will deliver you. We've got to learn to invite the Lord's involvement in our times of trouble. We've got to learn to call on the Lord when we've lost something. This young man gives us a perfect picture of just crying out to him. If you know the Bible story in the New Testament when Peter was going out on the lake and walking on water and he was about to, you know, take a couple steps and, you know, what happened? He began to sink and he cried out immediately as he began to sink as he was walking to the Lord. He said, Lord, save me. This is in Matthew 14. Lord, save me, verse number 30. And then in verse number 31, it's so beautiful because as soon as he cried out, Lord, save me, you know what verse 31 says? It says immediately, immediately Jesus reached out a hand. He didn't criticize him. He didn't say, hey, oh, you have little faith. He didn't say, you shouldn't have taken your eyes off me. He didn't, Here, here's what we think, I think, sometimes, why we struggle with admitting the things in our life that maybe we lost, is we think we serve an angry God that's in heaven, ready with a, you know, this like lightning rod to just zap us and to just get us and say, yes, you've been bad. Yes, you've been naughty. No, you can't have that back. But we see this beautiful picture of Jesus when there's moments in our life where we've messed up, we've taken our eyes off of him, we've lost something, Jesus saying, when you call out to me, I'll grab you, take you by the hand, and lift you out. But we think Jesus is ready there to slap us on the wrist, that our hand's here and Jesus turns it over. He didn't do that. No, he grabbed him by the hand immediately. He says, I got your back. I'm not gonna, it wasn't like, hey, let me give you three reasons why you're in the situation you're in. That's not the kind of God we serve. Isn't that great that today, if there's something spiritual of nature that you've lost, there's, there's some joy, there's some, you know, some, some forgiveness issues, that we don't serve a God that's gonna sit here and give you the three things that you did wrong to get yourself in the situation that you are before he ever gets it back to you. And so you gotta admit where you lost it. I think the second thing is this that we see in this story. Not only do you gotta admit that you've lost it, be honest with God. God, I've lost this thing. I think then you've gotta be honest about where you lost it. Where did you lose it? You know how I've learned to find my car keys? Retrace the steps. Okay, God, help me find my car keys. Give me some mind right now. Where was I? What was I doing? I mean, that'll hurt your brain. My mother-in-law lost her cell phone in our house. We found it like six hours later in a cabinet. She forgot she had gotten the cabinet that morning. She remembered that she was in the cabinet and we found it. We've gotta retrace our steps. We've gotta think back and we've gotta ask ourselves if there's something that we've lost, where did we lose it? Where, where did you lose it? 
If you've got something in your life that you're saying, you know what, it's loss, let me just ask you this question. Where did you lose it? Where, where did it fall? So, I mean, this guy, we don't know, maybe he was freaking out, maybe he was frustrated, maybe he was super angry. We don't get a lot of the emotions in the story, but we just see the man of God. That's how the Bible describes him, a man of God. We see the man of God come up to him and just very gently say, hey, where did it fall? There's no exclamation mark here in my Bible. It wasn't a shout. It wasn't in all caps. It's just a question mark. Where did it fall? And so I think that's the question that we've got to ask ourselves. Where did we lose our edge? Where did it fall? Where, where did I take a wrong turn? Where, where did things start to go bad? Where did I get into that relationship that I shouldn't have? And maybe I was, I was doing this and that led to that. And then here I am today. Where did it fall? I mean, you were just doing life, right? I'm not saying... For, for any of you that, that it was bad what you were doing, but you were just doing life and somewhere along the way you lost it. Well, how did you lose it? Where did you lose it? It's so important to begin tracing your steps again because if you don't realize sometimes how you lost something, you'll have the propensity to keep losing it again once you found it. And so you gotta ask yourself, where did it fall? Well, well how did I lose my joy? Well, you know what, I, I, I did. I, I dropped those disciplines. You know what I did? I used, to, I used to, me and God, like, I woke up every day and I'd pray to him and I got up early in the morning. I made that extra five minutes. Man, I, I listened to worship music on my way to work every day and it just, it did so much to me. I was reading my Bible. I was, I was in community. I was doing those things and I stopped. I mean, at one point you were like full-time Christian, full-time mom, full-time Christian, full-time business owner, and then somewhere you became full-time business owner, part-time Christian. Full-time, you know, X, Y, Z, part-time things of God. And you didn't mean for it to happen, but, but what happened? Did, did the busyness of life cause you to lose it? Did this relationship that really you shouldn't have got into cause you to lose it? Did this new hobby that you picked up, this new thing that you decided to do, and I'm not saying they were bad, but if you traced your steps back, you would say, you know what? This is the thing that kind of caused me to lose it. I dropped that discipline. I did stop praying. I did stop coming to church regularly. I just kind of fell out of the habit. Now I come to church like once a month, you know, and, you know, I struggle. And, you know, it's sometimes I'm not saying, listen, that like the end all be all takes place in this room, but there is power when you gather with people on a Sunday morning. It fills you up for the week and you get some joy in your life and you get some Holy Spirit in your life and then you go out on Monday and you punch it in the face and you say, I got this. I'm full of everything I need. There's power in it. There's power in daily devotion. There's power in, in talking to Jesus throughout the day. There's power in replacing talk radio with you know worship music. There's power in turning off the news sometimes and just saying, no, Jesus, I'm gonna pray. I just wonder if we got so focused we didn't mean to lose something, but we lost it. And so I would say, if you've lost it, and today you're saying, you know what? I admit it. There's some things in my life I've kind of lost. If that's you today, then where did it, where did you lose it? And the seminary lost his edge, and he had to go determine, okay, here's the exact place where I lost it. And so once he determined that exact place, the, the prophet said, where did it fall? He pointed it out over there. Second Kings uh, 6, 6 and 7, he says, 
Where did it fall? And then he said he showed him the place. You know what? Here's my prayer this morning. Maybe you don't know where you lost it. My prayer in this moment is God would help show you the place. That right now, Holy Spirit, would you just bring that place to our attention? Would you help us see how we lost it? Where did you lose it? And Elijah cut a stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron float. And then he looked at him and he says, now you lift it out. The man reached out his hand and he took it. You know, I think this part of the story is so interesting because the prophet could have, you know, as he, as he took that stick and he threw it down, I think the prophet could have, you know, just made the ax head just like fly back up. Go right back on the handle and then begin chopping away. But he didn't. He didn't. He said, hey, you're going to have to be a part of the, your own recovery here. So if you're taking notes, point number three is this. With God's help, I think you've got to take it back. Point number two was you got to figure out where you lost it. And once you figure it out and you say, that's it, I think now, not on your own, but with God's help, you've got to then take it back. You know, I think if I were going to, you know, park on any one point today, it would really be this one because I think it's one of the most important ones in it. See, the miracle in this was, was not just that the, the iron, you know, floated up to the top while that was a miracle. I think the miracle happened when this young man realized that God wants me to be a part of my own recovery. I think that's the greatest miracle that can take place today. For you to realize that if you've lost it and you're in here and you're like, you know what, I do want that faith back in my life. I do want that joy back. I do want my relationship with God back like it used to be. One of the greatest miracles that you could recognize today is God's not just gonna do it while he can. He actually wants you to be a part of the process. And so he made the iron head float back up, but then he looked at him and he said, now you grab it. See, only God could have made the iron head float back up. I mean, it's iron and water, right? But he said, I'm gonna make you lift it out. I'm gonna make you take back what you've lost. We used to sing this song a long time ago in church. Well, I went to the enemy's camp. Any church people? And I took back what he stole from me. And I, I know you know it, Denny. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me and he's under my feet he's under my feet sometimes we got to go and we got to take it back saying to me you can't have this anymore god's helped me today realize i've lost it i realize how i've lost it now i'm going i'm getting it back i'm getting my joy back today i'm getting my peace back today i'm getting my praise back today 
I'm getting my dance back today. I'm getting my shout back today. I'm getting my faith back today. I'm getting my belief that we serve a God that can do all things, that we serve a God of the impossible. I'm getting this spirit back in me that says, God, I serve in Ephesians 3.20, God, that's able to do immeasurably more than I could ever ask, than I could ever imagine, than I could ever dream of. Oh, God, I'm taking it back. Maybe you've been there before. You're like, but I've tried that. And then something crazy happened. I walked out of that environment and the enemy whispered, you'll never have it back. You got part of it, but you're not getting it all back. I just wanna put the enemy on notice today. Don't you whisper that in the eyes of our, in the ears of our church. The enemy may be whispering, you could never have it back. You'll never have a great marriage back. You'll never have that faith back for impossible things. You're never gonna believe like you used to believe. You're never gonna have that discipline back in your life. And I would say nay, nay. That I will get it back because I'm not doing it on my own. With God, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. We gotta walk out of here believing. The enemy may try to whisper, you're never getting it back, but I can do all things in Christ and I can take hold of every spiritual thing in my life and I can make a decision today by the power of God that's in me to reach out. He's gonna bring it to me. He'll bring it close to you. He'll get it within your reach and then you gotta pick it up. God, I'm picking it up today. Picking it up today. We serve a God that specializes in helping, helping us find what we never meant to lose. We're a God of restoration. The book of Joel says he'll restore the years which the locusts have eaten. Deuteronomy 30, verse three and four in the message, it says, God, your God. God, your God. God, my God. He'll restore everything you lost. He'll have compassion on you. Would you close your eyes for a minute? I just want this scripture to, to soak in. Let me read it over you. God, your God. God, your God. He wants to restore everything you've lost. If you've lost something in here, it's not lost forever. It says he has compassion on you. May you experience the compassion of God. It says he'll come back and he'll pick up all the pieces from all the places where they've been scattered. Right now, God, may you pick up all the pieces that feel scattered and feel out of our reach. May you bring them back to our reach. May you take something that feels like it's at the bottom of a river and may you make it float up to the top. May you allow it to be back in our reach. In verse number four, it says, no matter how far you've gone, no matter where you've ended up, God, your God, will get you out of there. Now look at me. We serve a God that specializes in helping you get back what you never intended on losing. Today, you can have your joy back. Today, you can have some peace back in your life. You can have it back. 
maybe you're in here and you would say, you know what? I've kind of lost my first love. That there was this thing in me that was so passionately in love with God at one point and I've lost it. Just come back to him. Do the things that you once did to get what you once had. And then just determine, determine that you're not gonna go back down that path again. God, your God's here for you to pick all the pieces up. Maybe you're in here today and you are just kind of checking God out. Maybe you've been hurt. You came in today just giving kind of the church another shot, giving God another shot. You've been confused for maybe weeks or years or decades, but you're here today. And I hope that God's, God's love and God's presence, that you felt him inviting you today into relationship with him. That you haven't felt a stiff arm God, but you felt an open armed God. And if you're in here today and you would say, you know what, I have felt that. And I'm ready to, I'm ready to go back to the Father. I'm ready to go back to Jesus. Or maybe I'm ready to begin a relationship with him for the first time. I wanna give you an opportunity to do so. Nobody's looking around right now. We're not gonna call you out or embarrass you or single you out, but it's just a moment. I'm gonna ask that you would slip up a hand. And you can do it right now. You can do it as I'm talking, but you just slip up a hand really as a sign of surrender and really a sign of just reaching out to God, saying, God, you've given me this opportunity. You put it in front of me. Now I'm reaching out and I'm grabbing a hold of it. So if that's you in here today and you would say, you know what? I'm ready to give my life back to Christ. I'm ready to return to him. I'm ready to, to begin anew. You know, the Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus for us, that all of us were born sinners. We all, we're not mistakers, we're sinners. The Bible says that sin separated us from God, but God loved us so much that he took that sin through Jesus. You know, the Bible said the wages of sin is death. That Jesus came and he took really the, 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 the penalty that we deserve, death, he took it upon himself. He nailed your sin and my sin to the cross. He took it so we didn't have to, so that we could have relationship with him. He could be the bridge where that sin no longer would separate us from God. The Bible says in Romans that if you just, if you can get a hold of that, if you can believe in your heart that, that God did that, and you would confess with your mouth, Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. You would repent, turn from your sins, call on him. The Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So it's really easy today. It's just slipping up a hand saying, God, I call on you. And maybe you don't feel comfortable lifting up a hand. That's okay. You can call on him. Call on him. Would you pray this with me if that's you, that you're ready to call on him today? Father, thank you that you are here. Thank you that you love me. I repent of my sins. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. Jesus didn't stay dead, but he was buried and he rose again three days later, conquering death, hell, and the grave and is fully alive today. And so because I serve a fully alive God, may you make me fully alive today as I give all of me 
for all of you. I love you, God. I praise you. I'm thankful for new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, come on, church. Let's celebrate. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.